Hello, today we have episode number 22 with PGA Tour player Ricky Barnes. Please leave a rating, review, or subscribe. Thank you and enjoy. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Golf Balling Podcast, episode number 21. We are joined with our first ever PGA Tour player, Ricky Barnes. Hello, Ricky. How's it going? Thank God. Glad to be the virgin of the PGA Tour you know, <laughs> podcast. So. Thanks Someone's for having or thanks for, thanks for coming on. Thanks, yeah, thanks for coming on. Anyways, I'm here with my co-host, Sean O'Grady here. We don't have Nick. Nick would be very upset here because Nick actually is an intern at Wilson Golf. Um, so we'll keep him in our thoughts here. But we'll, we'll run it back. We'll run it back. <laughs> uh, anyways, tell me a little bit about yourself. We'll introduce you uh, in, a, in a before this, but tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, Ricky Barnes, uh, PJ Tour. Don't have full status this year. Didn't finish in top 125, but born and raised in Northern California. Played all the sports growing up. Basketball, baseball, soccer, football. Um, played kind of football throughout high school uh, along with golf. Uh, went to University of Arizona in 1999-03. Was fortunate enough to win the U.S. Amateur in 2002. Um, turned pro in late 03 and was able to get my PGA Tour card about five, five and a half years later uh, through was, the Corn Ferry. What, is, um, what was that like in 2002 winning that USAM? I mean, that was kind of life-changing. I was a good college golfer. I was a first-team All-American. Um, to say I was the favorite going in, no. But I bet you I was probably um, on one of the top, you know, 10, 15 guys to watch during that U.S. Amateur. Uh, I think I finished fifth or sixth in stroke play, so played pretty good the first two rounds. And like I said, it was kind of life-changing. I actually yeah. ended up beating about three about three years ago, five of the six guys I beat were all on the PGA Tour. Oh, wow. Uh, Brett Stegmeyer, um, Spencer Levine, Daniel Summerhays, Bill Haas, and Hunter Mahan. And that kind of put it on top. Yeah, I know, which very rarely happens. Usually you're playing, you know, mid-amateurs or yeah, kind of just normal, you know, working guys that kind of get on <laughs> to the field and play. But uh, it was pretty special. Got me on the map, then actually played well in some majors that year. And it kind of, well, probably by my sophomore year in college, I knew that I wanted to play pro, you know, for, for a living. And then that super solidified it for me and yeah. ended up getting me some sponsors enough to play golf straight out of college. Wow. So after that, when you did get to play the masters next year, weren't you paired with uh, tiger? Yeah, I actually got, so tiger was the, I think he'd won two or three, of the major championships in O2, um, two being us open masters, the reigning us amateur champion gets to play with the, winner of those so i actually played with tiger in the masters and the u.s open that year oh damn wow wow yeah so it was pretty uh he was number one in the world winning everything yeah. you pretty beat him good. you beat him right uh yeah the two the two <laughs> rounds we played uh i played good i think i shot like 69 71 to start or wow like that. that's and beautiful right on the number oh damn <laughs> he got up and down on the front left bunker on number nine we had to go off of both sides because it was so rainy and Mm -hmm. one of the best up and downs to make the cut. And I think he ended up backdooring like a top 15 or something. Oh, <laughs> what was that experience like playing with Tiger at such a – because what were you, a senior 
at that yeah, time? So, yep. I was leaving my senior year at Arizona, <laughs> went and played. I mean, it's kind of surreal because all cameras and everything are on Tiger. Yeah. I was in the group <laughs> and played well. Uh, but, you know, he's a pretty easy guy to play with. He complimentary okay. shots. Um, but the aura when he walks to the tee is way different than anybody else. And to think <laughs> yeah. that I was doing that for, you know, two days with him. I played in the second to last group on Saturday, but knowing two days later I was going to be back on campus in Tucson trying to blend in with the rest of the crowd. <laughs> Sean, you're uh, – or we're actually both seniors. Sean just graduated, though. What would you – what do you think you'd shoot if you played around with Tiger Woods at Augusta National? <laughs> at a <laughs> 100? <laughs> I mean, I, I did play college golf, and I'd be way too nervous to play with Tiger. Yeah. <laughs> Um, of course now too since when i played it in 2003 and into now i mean tiger told me when he played that he used to bust three wood or driver over the 18 traps on the traps on 18 and when i played with them myself on hell cabrera or tiger couldn't even get there it was really wet but it was just yeah. the difference of the golf courses and how it's changed mm -hmm. in the last 15 20 years yeah do you uh do you like the changes they made to augusta or um not really i don't mind the changes i'm not a huge fan of a lot of the like trees and stuff that they added i like mm -hmm. they don't change the greens they don't change some of that obviously some of the holes needed to be pushed back yeah but we got to remember some of those greens aren't you know supposed to be coming in with four irons you know and five irons because all you do is need a little breeze out there and you're kind of sunken down, and the breeze kind of moves around a bit. So uh, I wouldn't say any of them are bad. Um, mm -hmm. But like I said, some of those greens aren't receptive to five and four irons coming in, even for the pros. Yeah. What, um, was, what was the transition like going from college to, to professional? Were you, were you nervous at all, or was it excited to be out there? Uh, I think all of the above. All you know, the above. Anxious would be the word that I would yeah. use. Uh, I was coming out. I had played well in some pro tournaments, you know, as an amateur. I played well in the Tucson Open, top 20. I There's like 20th in the Masters, made the cut in the U.S. Open. Um, but I was excited, anxious. And then when you actually turn pro, yeah, you're nervous. Um, but it's, it's a – in college, you have your coach and you have – you know, maybe like the trainer and stuff and they tell you and you have a class schedule. So your schedule is pretty much set for you, you know, five or six days a week. We're going to practice here. You're going to go to school. You're going to go. <clears throat> well, then you get to be pro and there's no schedule laid out. Yeah. You might have a tournament that's laid out, but you have to plan your whole day. So I feel like if there was a college course, which, which there isn't about time management for professional athletes that are going to move on to the next, and I would say the only two sports that do that, that don't get their schedules laid out would probably be tennis and golf. Yeah. You know, tennis, you have a match time and golf, you have a tee time, but you're not relying on other, you know, coaches and teammates, you know, to meet you at the same time. So that was the biggest adjustment time and, you know, mm. spending it well. Cause here in Arizona, I felt like, you know, it's 75 to 100 every day, and it's nice out. I should be going to practice where some days you just go out to practice to practice as opposed to, hey, why don't I just go out for an hour and a half and work on this today? And then, you know, get a quality hour and a half instead of staying out there for three and a half, and only about 30 minutes was quality. Yeah. <laughs>
Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> obviously with college golf, like a lot of days you only have one or two hours to practice. So it's just, it's gotta be so different switching to professional golf where, I mean, that's your job. So you have, you have all day. Yeah. And you got to manage, you know, cause you're hiring, you know, whether it's a caddy or a coach or a trainer. So you're kind of in charge, you know, you're the president CEO of your own company mm-hmm. and you need to build the team around you. You know, you have a manager or an agent to, you know, maybe help get some sponsors or get you into tournaments and stuff like that. But he's not there holding your hand, managing your time and picking, you know, someone that you might work well with. And mm-hmm. that was kind of a long process for me. Um, although I was getting into tournaments, I wasn't having really early success of, you know, settling in, I guess I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll flip back the clock a little bit here. Uh, Cause I, we did some research and, your dad was a, a punter, NFL level. So what originally led you to, to golf? So I grew up in a small town, actually. You wouldn't think, uh, you know, many preppy white golfers are coming out of Stockton, California. Uh, <laughs> kind of a farming, you know, agriculture area. Um, dad was from down kind of like near Fresno-ish. Mom was from Stockton, Central Valley. <clears throat> And my pember, my uh, parents were members at just a Stockton Golf and Country Club. Just there's only like two in Stockton, and small little thing along the Delta. And my brother and I would kind of just go out playing golf, and it was really weird. My dad went to college as an offensive lineman at UCLA. My mom went to UCLA, and my dad punted in the NFL. So he switched wow. over like after his sophomore year, started punting, ended up getting drafted, played for the New England Patriots. And it got my brother and I into all sports. So mm-hmm. we'd go out mainly chasing. My brother's four years older than me. And my brother actually got a college golf, golf scholarship to University of Arizona as well. Oh. So th- yeah. my college golf coach had eight years in a row of Barnes. Oh, man. <laughs> and for me, I, I feel like we were good in other sports, you know, was able to start in football and baseball and, you know, played shortstop and pitcher when I was in Little League. So and basketball and that stuff. But at the end of the day, I, it seemed like all the other sports were kind of like this, where I was good. I was good, you know, okay. Yeah. But golf was starting to take kind of a good apex, you know, at nice. 10 years old and then 11 years old and then 12 and 13, when you start playing 18 holes in the Northern California junior golf association, I feel like I could win every time. Now did I know, but you know, then you started to, think once they were making the pairings and you'd play with two other kids, you were always playing with the two other best kids, you know, whether it was the first round and then usually the second round as well. And the only time my parents kind of hinted to me is baseball and golf uh, are the same season in California. And I was thinking about playing baseball and golf or, you know, and they just said, Hey, you know, you play football in the fall and we really think that you should, you know, do golf. Mm -hmm. You know, just the odds in baseball, not that the odds in golf are very good, but it was almost like they kind of saw it before I did. And now I can't say it was a bad decision. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, So kind of fast forwarding quite a bit here. Uh, So for our listeners who don't know, you did set the 36 hole record at the 09 us open and kind of what was going through your head when you did that? Like, were you excited to accomplish that or 
did you kind of let the expectations um, that come along with setting that record kind of get to you? It was kind of a, well, it was a weird week too. It was really wet, soggy. Uh, they postponed pretty much most of all Thursday and the final round actually ended up going into Monday, but I, I, I was kind of having a weird season. You know, I, I wasn't playing that great on the tour. Uh, I had made the previous two cuts. It was somewhere in Memphis. Played really good in the 36-hole qualifier the week before, the Monday of Memphis in uh, Columbus. And I kind of had just, you know, a little bit of mojo going. I kind of found something in the game. You know, I've been working with my coach pretty hard, but hadn't really seen much success. And I kind of went out there with, you know, no real expectations because mm -hmm. I hadn't really settled in yet and had any top tens on the tour that year. And I, I wouldn't say it got to me. I mean, to say I wasn't nervous and stuff like that. But in the time being, it just felt like, you know, I was hitting fairways. And then the hole kept on getting bigger and bigger. My distance control was very good. Mm -hmm. So it felt like any time I had, you know, a putt that was on the green, I was always pin high. So if I was kind of toward the pin, I'd have a six to 10 footer. And even if I was, you know, eight yards left, I still had a 20, 25 footer and I was putting well. I have always putted well on fast greens and USGA events, really. Mm. And I went through about a six-hole stretch where I think I was five over for six holes. Or Oh, man. And, and I kind of got on on Monday, which would be Sunday normally, and I kind of just got behind the eight ball too much. And then I, I think I played the last six holes two under and then end up losing Luke uh, end up losing to Lucas Glover and I actually looked out on 18 to hopefully put it into a playoff. Wow. So <laughs> but nothing but good memories for me from that. You know, yeah, mm -hmm. set the, you know, set the record and super tough golf course. But mm -hmm. you know, I mean they I would obviously much rather be, you know, having a US Open trophy trophy in my background. <laughs> but you know, you learn a lot from that. And the biggest thing that I learned is I actually bounced back and had my best year on tour that next year. I think I actually had, I had like four, three top fives and nine top tens the next year Wow! following that. So I was pretty proud of that kind of after just to, you know, bounce back, not let it get to me that much and mm. kind of wanted even more. Yeah. Cause you, uh, that was, so that next year, 2010, you, uh, you've had your card pretty much, every year except what was it 2014 um yeah i lost it got it back and then now i'm if you if you've won or made a certain amount of cuts on the tour you considered a veteran member yeah which i'm actually playing out of this year because i didn't finish top 125 last year and i was actually going to get into about probably eight of the next 13 events and then the you know pandemic hit yeah i'll get into about two events in the next 14 events so yeah, because we were, uh, we were looking, 2020, I mean, two top 30s, that's, it hasn't, I mean, there were what, like, probably like seven or eight events, so that's a, you looked like you were good to go. I was starting, well, I reshuffled in my category okay, and I actually played pretty good in the fall, starting oh, work, you know, work with, like, kind of a new coach and a sports psych, mm. you know, still feel like I'm young, fit, active enough, and playing good enough to do it, and uh, played okay, made like four cuts in a row. Then the last event of the fall was Sea Island um, and the RSM. And I actually got into the second to last group on Sunday. Uh, it, it became cold and windy and I didn't have my good stuff. So I went from 
I want to say like sixth to I what I finished 14th, 16th, I don't know, something like that, 18th, and and just lost a lot of spots. But I easily, you know, I was kind of one hole or coming in that I could have still top 10. And but I, I, it was felt good to just kind of get back playing again. Yeah. Uh, played okay at AT and T and missing the cut. Um, I think by one on the last day, but felt like the game was getting better. Was going to get into tournaments and then bam, slap in the face and back of the bus. Yeah. What, um, uh, you, what have you been doing to kind of keep your game sharp during this lockdown? Like, I mean, obviously Arizona, you can still play a little bit, but um, like, are you just playing a lot with other pros to kind of keep the competitive juices flowing? Yeah, I have three kids, so that'll keep you busy. And they weren't able to go to school, so that was kind of you know tough. But like you said, courses haven't closed here. What I've been doing to stay sharp is playing. You know, I feel like going out there and like I said, taking you know an hour and a half to two and a half hours and practicing, and you know, getting on a TrackMan or FlightScope, and you know, doing some combines is good. But to actually go out, you know, play for a little money. Uh, hit golf shots. I've been doing that way more. So I've been able to sneak up, probably been averaging, you know, twice, three times a week where I'm setting games to actually go play 18 holes. And that's where I always played my best in kind of college. And even as a pro is when I felt like I was sharp enough, but I was playing enough kind of competitive rounds at home Mm -hmm. with buddies to stay sharp. And that's what I've been doing. Uh, We got a little bit of a I was still sweating when we came on here. Got like a little bit of a gym here, and a, oh, nice. did a did a little like workout, and then did a Peloton, and then I was <laughs> running for time. So, and then still able to work out here. And the weather's been actually pretty darn good here in Arizona throughout the whole pandemic. I know you guys are what 15 minutes apart in Tucson's only now in Illinois, but yeah, it's it's not great in Illinois right now. <laughs> we get we get it's actually been pretty cool. No guests and your own golf cart. So if you're a foursome or fivesome, everyone gets their own golf cart and oh, sends nice. it. Yeah, you know, you should be able to fly. <laughs> and we have. It's been it's been amazing. The the guy that owns our golf course, he was saying, man, we actually might need this, you know, twice a month or something. We're just no guests because the yeah. members, <laughs> members play quick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with the tour starting up here in a few weeks do you do you have like a plan on your schedule or do you have I mean because it's like a it's more condensed now do you have just what are your thoughts on the whole PGA Tour after COVID here in a few weeks a guy like me it's tough but for us to get back and playing I I think it's good Um, Mm. I understand all the stuff but if they're testing the part that I am a little susceptible about or skeptical about is you know, if a guy plays good and he's out there and I've played golf sick and, you know, hung over and you name it. But if the guy goes and plays two rounds and he makes the cut and then let's just say he plays Saturday and he comes to the golf course Sunday and he's in fourth place and they test you and they say you have it to say that now he has to stay on the sidelines. It's like, I've played golf sick before, you know, whether it was the flu or a bronchial infection or something like that. And if I'm not going to get that close to my playing competitor, you know, and, you know, maybe I have to push my own cart or, you know, my caddy's cleaning everything off. I I find that hard to believe for a guy that we're independent contractors and I have a chance to win a lot of money. You know, all these tournaments now are, you know, 6 million plus of total purse. I'd be pretty pissed off if I have a chance to win a golf tournament. And then that, the last day they tell me I tested positive that I can't play. 
I understand it for the safety of everybody, but I feel like it's almost, you know, you, you test Thursday, Friday, you let the weekend and then, you know, and then Monday comes and you test again or, or you test them right after Sunday. Hey, you have it. You're done next week. So now we can go home, mm-hmm. take the 10 days of quarantine or whatever, and then maybe come back two weeks later. Yeah. Uh, do you but know, do you know your schedule? Like, um, well, for a guy like me, you know, for the first couple are invitational, so I won't get into those. Okay. Um, and then there's, God, there's two more invitationals. There's three majors. They're not yeah. letting in. There's no British Open. There's no qualifier qualifier for the U.S. Open that they just announced. So for me and my status, everyone's going to play. So a lot of these fields and these opposite fields that a lot of, let's just say, the top guys usually play in, mm-hmm. they're actually going to be playing in them. You know, like I feel like a lot of these tournaments here that let's say don't get the best field, you know, a lot of guys are going to come out. I mean, uh, uh, Ricky Fowler's caddy is a member at our place. I know he's planning on playing, I think, like five of the first seven. Oh, you know, um, I'm sure a guy like, you know, Kucher, I think, uh, God, I just read somewhere else. Oh, I think McElroy's coming out and playing like four of the first five. Oh, cool. Right. You know, guys that aren't normally playing, you know, in this middle of the summer. So whether yeah. it's Colonial, Travelers, 3M, uh, Rocket Mortgage, um, these ones that these guys take some times off to plan for the majors, they're going to be piling on the John Deere. The, you know, all these yeah. tournaments are going to get – and then they cut back the um, four Monday qualifying spots to two. So I'll probably cut, go out to three or four events to try to Monday qualify them because my number will be about five to 15 guys out of the tournament. And I'll, I'll, uh, I think I'm only going to get into, I think, three tournaments from now until uh, September or October. Damn. Wow. Yeah, that's yeah, a pretty brutal, a difficult brutal. situation. And then wow. hopefully it'll settle down. Guys will lose some status. I won't explain the whole other part of that. But once yeah. they lose status and guys get flushed out of the Corn Ferry and the PGA Tour, then my status will reshuffle up a little bit better. So yeah. do you think do you think you'll end up playing more than three to four? Or do you think that's pretty? If sad? I get in, yeah, you know, I might try to go. Uh, I'll reach out to a couple of tournament directors and um, try to play a couple of Corn Ferry events. But my status is actually better on the PGA Tour than it is the Corn Ferry. I know it sounds kind of weird. Uh, but I'll reach out to a few guys um, that I've built relationships over the years, maybe that I've had success at a golf tournament before. Um, yeah. you know, I'll probably try to play maybe like Portland, Boise. I'm pretty good friends with the guy that runs the Western Golf Association. Uh, and I don't think they have announced where they're going to play that event in Chicago yet, but I'm going to reach out to him as well and, you know, see if I can either get a sponsor's exemption or I, they, they did announce that they are going to have money qualifiers for corn Ferry. So, okay. well, if you do end up getting in the, uh, the Chicago corn Ferry event, we'll try and make it out there to see you. Absolutely. I'm already planning on going to that one. Buy you a few beers. So what do you think it's going to be like not having fans at the event? Or is that something you think is going to really change anything? Or do you think it'll just kind of be, business as usual i think the play will be business as usual i think the funny part will be on like sunday on the back nine when some guys make you know an important putt because it's not like your immediate family can come out you know they're saying nothing you know family i think it's when normally a guy makes a putt and you hear him cheer 
you know, yeah, and, the, yeah, yeah. and the guy or the caddy might say something, you know, or fist pump or, you know, curse word. Yeah. And I think that's what will be weird. is like how emotional is the guy with no you know, crowd noise or something to it or to acknowledge him. You know, I think yeah. they're still going to have the habit of going, you know, like that. <laughs> there's not going to be one there. And then I know there's going to be a few guys, which I would be is, you know, you kind of almost make a joke of it too. You know, you yeah. Kinda... I, uh, I don't know if you watched that match last Sunday, but there was one hole where like Ricky made a birdie and he made a joke about going to play the crowd noises on his speaker. Oh. And I just, I thought that was pretty funny. I missed, I saw 17 and 18. I was kind of running around the day. I played golf. Um, and then was running around with the fam outside. And I came in and saw the end, but I didn't. I'll watch this weekend's uh, just because I'll kind of make a note of it. And I, I'll, I'll like the banner probably with other athletes mm-hmm. uh, and PJ Tour pros. It'll actually show the kind of how good, you know, the guys are. Yeah. And I guess uh, Peyton and Tom. And I actually yeah. played uh, in the AT&T, I think, in 2014 with Brady. And I've played oh, really? It. And I've played three or four other years with Belichick. So they've actually oh, wow. been very kind to like my foundation and mm-hmm. uh, sent him an email, you know, wishing him luck. And you got the Patriots roots in you. Yeah, the lineage. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So that's always been cool. And uh, he always sends, you know, either a jersey, helmet, or football for my mm-hmm. foundation every year. And he's a Northern California kid, right where I did. And his sister and brother in law live where we do in the summers. So I actually get to see them quite a bit. Oh, nice. So are, um, you, root- are yeah, you rooting for Brady on Sunday then? <laughs> uh yeah I'll, I'll pull for them you know i mean i, I know him and phil better um yeah. that peyton and then you know no one really knows tiger that great <laughs> yeah. and not that he's a bad guy yeah. no he's you know? just very mysterious very, uh, i would just say i want to see like a good match and i want to see those guys kind of play mm-hmm. well too and and the strategy on the back nine um a guy yeah. from ESPN, a guy from espn hit me the, the other day just to see how Tom Brady's game was, I didn't understand really the format of it until two days ago. Yeah. Um, so it'll be pretty cool. And I think they'll do a good job with it. And I mean, probably like you guys and me, I just can't wait for just live sports. Anything. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, I don't, I mean, I have kids and I'm busy and, but anything live sports on TV and for, yeah. well, especially you guys there for, for five weeks in a row, I told my family from six to eight, do not bother me when I'm watching mm-hmm. that last dance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the last that, dance. Yeah, that, oh, that documentary was incredible. I felt like that was live sports for me at this point. Yeah, right. Oh, I know. It was. It was crazy. <laughs> that was that awesome. was great. So you got MJ or LeBron? You got MJ? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's good because the eleven out of ten times. Yeah, yeah. Our our uh, our buddy, um, he's a uh, the co-host to our pod is a LeBron guy, so. Oh. Yeah, you can't be from Chicago and be a LeBron. Yeah, guy. it just doesn't work. Yeah. I was yeah. gonna say it's. Well, I mean, it's. I know it's different times and stuff like that, but what he did, and now you look back on a lot of that stuff. Yeah, it's pretty. I mean, pretty hard to argue. You yeah. know. Yeah. And not I'll that love. LeBron is super dominant. I I was actually roommates with a couple guys at University of Arizona that went and played in the league, and um, you know, one of my good buddies now is the head coach of. Uh, Sacramento Kings won a couple. Nice. Our other buddy Jefferson won with LeBron there. Nice. He just said, and I think he had like one year where he came in and maybe Michael was going out oh. with the with the Wizards or something. But he just said, yeah, yeah. "There's no tougher guy to guard than LeBron, just because he'll 
you know, bang you down, beat you up. And yeah. he's the, and he said end to end, he could be the fastest guy on the court. Yeah. yeah he, he's just such a unique physical specimen. Yeah, I mean, anomaly. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it's unbelievable, but I wouldn't want to guard him. I wouldn't want to guard either of them. <laughs> I can't say I would either. I'll, um, I'll get – well, first off, you can say fuck yeah on this podcast. Um, <laughs> I will. <laughs> um, but anyways, I'll ask one more golf question about – and then we got like three fun ones. Yeah. But last year you shot your career low round on tour 61 um, at the Safeway. What was that like? Because that's, I mean, crazy. Yeah, it was – like I said, it was – was, that was actually really cool because I am from Northern California. That Monday of that tournament, I had my foundation event in Stockton, which is about an hour away. And I had a lot of family and friends out there. You know, my mom and dad, my in-laws. I think I had three of my, like, six nieces and nephews out watching. Um, So that that part was really cool. I wish I would have backed it up a little bit better. The next day was blowing 30 to 40, and I think I shot five over or something. But um, my other lowest round before that was actually – I shot 61 or 62. I think I tied it. I'd have to look it up with Tiger at Memorial. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I was playing with Tiger and Dustin Johnson on the Saturday at Memorial. We had to play threesomes because of weather um, instead of twosomes on Saturday. And it was kind of the same thing. You just get into that. Dialed in. Yeah. And, and just the, I mean, I had so many tap-ins. I had a hole out. Uh, um, I did. I had an eagle at Memorial and then Safeway. Uh, I think I just made 10 birdies because I think it's a par 71. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Um, so you did mention earlier that you've played golf hungover quite a bit. Uh, have you played any tour events like that, or is that just mostly casual rounds? casual uh, yeah <laughs> i've never really i take it back i i played one where i really wasn't hung over and i and i probably wasn't the only guy and i got scared i was in las vegas it was when justin timberlake was like the host oh, and we yeah. went to that and we went to the concert and i i made the kind of played and his concert was on saturday and i didn't play that great and before i knew it i had like a beer then I had a drink and I had another beer. Then I'm at the concert and they're just going down like water. Well, I'm teeing off. I'm like the third tee time, you know, <laughs> 740 on Sunday. And I'm actually driving to the golf course with my, I think it was just my wife and father-in-law at the time. My mother-in-law was coming out with my parents or something. And I get, and, I, and we went to bed at a decent hour, but I still had to wake up at like 515. I got pulled over on the way up there. Oh no! And it, and it has the thing on the side, um, the logo. You know that I have a courtesy car. He's like, yeah. "Hey, what? You know, what's your rush?" I'm like, oh, "Nothing really, but I'm teeing off in an hour and a half." <laughs> He's like, "Oh, sorry, you know, a lot of the people I have, you know, that I stop up here that are in a hurry or, you know, coming back from the club at this point or something yeah. like that." And yeah. so I wasn't very that, but I actually did go out. And seven birdies, no bogeys that day. And <laughs> I think I flew back to Phoenix and watched the last six holes. That's how quick we played. We were done. I'd already flown back home and watched the last six holes on the tournament. And wow. 
went from you know 68th to like 28th which was pretty nice to yeah, be able to get home but no nothing else really on tour because you know we have our weeks off that's the part where yeah you really don't need to do it out on the road you know maybe mm -hmm. a sunday night after a good week or you're traveling but sunday nights are kind of our friday nights because mm -hmm. that's kind of the travel day on a monday and yeah. then you know you might be playing again practice rounds et cetera, et cetera, on a tuesday so um, I, I've, I've always been pretty disciplined with that is that, Hey, I'm going to have none or I'm going to have fun. And if yeah. I'm going to have fun, I better be able to recover the next day. And I don't <laughs> want to be recovering like you guys in the summer, you know, humid 92 outside yeah. stuff coming out of everywhere. And I'll, <laughs> you know, if I'm down in Hawaii or Cabo or, you know, with my boys in Vegas, having a good time at shadow Creek, then we got a different story. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I've heard some stories of some of the uh, like corn fairy guys or Mackenzie tour guys that just go, go out like every night. And I can't believe they do that. You'd be surprised though. Now I feel like it is definitely diminishing and the guys that do do it or keep doing it, they won't be out there that long. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's just too many good, young, athletic discipline, yeah. you know, guys that are, that are hungry, you know, mm -hmm. and, and that's not, like I said, that's not to say that, you know, the off weeks that guys aren't sending it, but you just, you know, you got to pick your times and, <laughs> and then I had, trust me, I went to college for four years. <laughs> I know exactly what it's at at a huge university. Yeah. 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 Arizona is big. <laughs> yeah. Um, who, who do you think, who would you say would be your ideal foursome, either, you know, maybe some celebrities or, just normal people and pro golfers and that what course would you, would you want to play that at? Uh, I mean, if I wanted to play like, like my brother, my dad, and then maybe get like, you know, Larry bird. I was always a huge Larry bird fan growing up. Uh, I mean, I know, you know, Jordan stuff like that, but a little bit removed, but Larry legend was my guy. Yeah. <laughs> if I went on the other side of kind of entertainment, everything else, um, actually enjoyed my time uh, and kind of picking his brain too. I would probably go like Larry Bird, Tom Brady. And if he was still here, cause the funny side was Chris Farley. Oh man. Oh yeah. I loved Farley or, or, you know, or for me nowadays, I would love to, you know, a comedian. Yeah. Um, cool. There's nothing better. Every, you know, a lot of the times people are like, you don't want to play golf with me. I'm a 12 or 14 handicap. I'm like, well, I play with the best golfers in the world week in, week out. I want someone that's going to go out there, have fun, yeah. you know, have a cocktail, talk yeah. shit, um, play for, play for a hundred or 200 and then just have fun, hang out at the 19th hole and hang, you know, I don't need a guy out there. That's a four or six handicap beating his head in throwing clubs because he's yeah. not playing well. It's just not fun, yeah. you know? So that would probably be kind of the guys just cause I'm, I'm a huge sports fan and, yeah. um, and I love, you know, jokes and love to laugh and who's, talk shit. Who's your uh, go-to comedian right now? Ooh. I've been watching a lot of, like, Louis C.K., Jim Gaffigan yeah. recently. Yeah, I like Gaffigan. Um, Joey Diaz is pretty funny. Joey Diaz, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> God, I'm blanking on – I mean, even Chappelle's special and Burr's mm. special were pretty yeah. good. I love those yeah. specials. Mm -hmm. Even I thought I've actually played with him um, in the AT and T as my partner. I thought Romano's was pretty good. Oh, I gotta check that out. 
He's, he's super dry. Right. Yeah. He did this uh, two or three night club in New York, and he kind of walked through them and did like, I think it was like 25 or 35 minute sets at each one. It was, oh, it was pretty cool because he's pretty dry. He's got his kids there. He's kind of making fun of the wife and the kids. And uh, uh-huh. it's, it's that dry sense of humor. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which I kind of like. Mm. All right. Um, so this is our last question. We just asked this to all of our guests, but, uh, well, Sean, give them a little backstory. Come on. Okay. Jackson Jackson always likes to embellish this one. You can take it. All right. So, you know, since you're a good golfer, say you just parred the nine, you just parred nine holes, you know, that's good, but you know, you could be on your par. So you need a, and this is just casual round, you know, you're just with your friends or whatever and you're hitting the turn food and drink. What's the move here? The what? Food and drink, like at the at the turn. Oh, at the what turn you, for me. Yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, food. Uh, you got to go with like a greasy cheeseburger. Nice. <laughs> uh, French fries. <laughs> and for me on the turn, probably uh, actually all my buddies will tell you probably a nice little tequila fresca. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a great. That's a great. You know, you're definitely shooting like. 30 on the back nine after that. I might have to do that today. You're making my yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. That's awesome. Uh, well, thanks so much for coming on, Sean. I don't know if you got any questions. Oh. I, I don't have any questions, but just good luck once the uh, once yeah. the tour starts back up. We're rooting for you. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Appreciate it, boys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Uh, you got it.